legends like Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Anthony Irwin. Like this guy here. His name is Fagan. Harrison Fagan. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin. As always, I am joined by Harrison Fagan. And today, I am thrilled to say we are joined by Jeff, Jeff Perlman, uh, whose book uh, was really popular with the Lakers once upon a time. And then it became a TV show that uh, is is less popular, it appears, with the Lakers. The book was called Show, uh, Showtime, the... the um, TV shows obviously called Winning Time. I, actually, Jeff, that's really where I wanted to start. And thank you very much for for hopping on with us. Uh, you are on the record saying that the Lakers were incredibly honest and forthcoming, and uh, you know you had a great relationship with them, with them during the entire book writing process. And then it became a a, a TV series, and things appeared to change. Like, what was that? What was that process experience like? Well, the thing is, like, um, it's not like I'm buddy buddy with anyone. You know, I'm just a reporter who deals with them. It just seems like uh, since the show was announced and since it really started, the Lakers haven't been so thrilled about it. And I, you know, I've tried communicating. It's been kind of not very good. Nothing hostile, just not much in the return way, uh, you know. But the other day, I, I reached out to Linda Rambis, and she wrote me back. So maybe they, maybe there's there's hope in them reading into something, you know. But it's uh, you know, they don't have control over the show, and they're a, an organization, you know, a billion dollar Very brand aware. Yeah, they're just a brand aware, which I understand. It's their brand, so I actually get it. It's just um, I've always enjoyed dealing with them, and I, I think that the people are top. Like I know Linda Rambis and Jeannie kept catching a lot of grief this year. I've always found both of them fantastic to deal with, like beyond fantastic. So, um, you know, like I, I, I teach, uh, I'm an adjunct professor at a school here called Chapman University. Jeannie has literally come twice to my class to talk. You know, like Linda, there have been a couple of times where I had, there were people who were either diehard Laker fans who had some disease or something like that. If I call Linda, she always sends something to the, you know, like they're actually legitimately good people. So I just think... Um, I don't know. I, I've always enjoyed my relationship with them. I, I know they're not thrilled by the show coming out. Um, I was told Jeannie liked the first episode. That made me happy. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it works out okay. Were you ever surprised at the amount of candor that 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 they offered up? Like in in the interview process, did you ever like stop? Did you ever and have to hey, remind them that you were recording? <laughs> hey, like at no, any point, there's but... a running mic right here, guys. <laughs> no, because they're just um, you just meet people like that sometimes. Like Jeannie. Again, I know she catches a lot of grief. I consider Jeannie like kind of a, a special human being. Like she really is. And she's she is honest and she is as forthright as one could be in that position. And um, she's just really decent. And she, you know, she's never hidden from sort of whatever her dad's history, you know, whatever, the, you know, the younger women and that kind of thing. Like she's never run from her dad. If mm -hmm. anything, she's embraced her dad and his legacy. And And I don't know. It's not like she wouldn't be like, I mean, it's funny though. Like I remember interviewing her and she was talking about someone she dated and the guy like used cocaine and 
He said that's in the book. Yeah, it's in the book. I remember this exactly this part. Right. Yeah. I like snow. And she goes, What does that mean? You know, and like she's just honest. She's just honest and she's a really enjoyable person. You would never, it's kind of a cliche thing to say, but like you really would never know that she's like the owner of the Lakers if you're just hanging out with her or talking with her. She's just a pretty nice human being. Yeah, it's wild. Every single person that is interacts with her on a regular basis says exactly that. Mm-hmm. That like she would you would never think that you were talking to one of the most powerful people in the city of Los Angeles. <laughs> like well, you would never <laughs> you, I, just, never really, I think yeah. one thing that happens in life, especially maybe when you're a journalist and you just deal with people a lot from different levels, it's a little bit of a myth. Like um just because someone has a lot of money doesn't mean they're gonna be a jerk. Just because someone has no money doesn't mean they're going to be wonderful. Uh, just because we have this expectation, having seen so many George Steinbrenner types who or Jack Ken Cook types who think they're so important, it doesn't mean they're all going to be that way, you know. Yeah, it's it, it's honestly it's really nice to hear about that. It, it like it's 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 really refreshing to hear about that that the person you know, especially at a time where. <laughs> baseball is going to be pushed back yet again, right? Because of all these asshole owners and, and, and the way that they're approaching this. And it's nice that like the person who is spearheading the Lakers, you can actually say, okay, yeah, she's a, she's a decent human being. That's, that's kind of rare with, with pro sports. Um, I want to also start with the, the, the Jerry West stuff is getting a lot of attention and, uh, the portrayal, of, not just attention, but like pushback from like actual NBA writers and sources and like all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, I, I am kind of surprised at the amount of pushback. It seems like a relatively <laughs> easy, uh, you know, path that they're taking here is that you show this guy at kind of his worst in the beginning of the show. And then I would imagine over the course of the show, we're going to see some transformation here especially as it pertains to his relationship with Magic Johnson. Um, but if if the portrayal of Jerry West is 10 out of 10 cartoonish, where would you say, based on your interactions with him and, his, and, and, and how he comes across in the book, where on that spectrum does he actually land to you? Mm, like a six. I, um, I, it's one of the things I've had to adjust to I've been very honest about this. Like when you write a book, it's facts, 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 and you're just reporting, reporting, reporting. And then when your book is adapted for a dramatic TV show, not a documentary, but a dramatic TV show, it's entertainment, you know? And mm-hmm. I actually get it. I 100% get, like there is a real Jerry West out there and he's a real guy and he's mm-hmm. a very interesting guy and he's a very smart guy and he's a very influential guy in the history of sports in America. And people are saying, well, this isn't, this isn't how I remember him or this isn't how I know him to be. Um, I actually get it. I think that's a, that's a understandable criticism, you know? And on the other hand, when you talk to TV creators and this goes, name any sports movie ever, truly name any sports movie ever based on real life from Rudy to 42 to remember the Titans, which is, you know, there's so many leaps and remember the Titans true. I'm sorry to cut you off, but like, it's truly like, if you go and read up on the actual story of that team is like one of the greatest fabrications ever done in terms of like (laughs) dramatization. Yeah. Correct. So that's it. You know, it's not, it's just not a turf that's familiar to me. Like this is the first time I've had anything adapted. So it's a, it's a weird conversation for me to have because on the one hand, I actually a hundred percent get it. Like, 
there's a real Jerry West out there. And he's probably like, this isn't, I, what? I didn't. And then you have people who wrote the show who are like, well, it's a, it's a kind of caricature of him with the intensity, but kind of putting intensity outward. And it's kind of how it works in, in writing. It just is how it's so two different mediums. I feel like I'm a, uh, in a lot of ways, I feel like I'm a, I'm a country music artist sitting between a hip hop artist and a like hard rock guy and <laughs> trying to understand these different worlds and then trying to explain their worlds when it's not normally my world. You mean to tell me that Dr. Bus didn't like walk around and narrate his life to nobody in particular standing <laughs> off? That's, I don't think he did. <laughs> that was a total fabric. I just cannot believe the amount of liberties that these TV writers are taking with real people these days, like just acting like Jerry Buss is just talking to cameras that don't exist. Um, no, I, I mean, Je I, Jeff, you had uh, you had Rodney Barnes, who was one of the writers and like kind of main creative minds behind the show. And I thought that he made sort of a really interesting point about this, e even almost I think this, I'm guessing this was recorded even pre like people reacting to episode one and the Jerry West pushback and stuff. But like, I, I thought that he made a really interesting interesting point in that you know like you have like 10,000 words 20,000 words whatever to kind of portray these people as they as close as you can come to how they actually are they have to take like three months of character development for someone in real life or six months of character development for that person in real life and condense it into like one five minute scene where people kind of get the gist of what that person who they were what they were going through kind of you know the highs and lows at that time but they're like all right well we just need to have this on the golf course while they're also discussing magic johnson's you know potential right. draft capital or whatever like because they just don't have that amount of time to get all of this stuff across that is correct i mean i also just think like if you're someone, if you're an adult and you're going into this series <laughs> thinking you're watching a documentary, you're not. Like, you're not. So it's based on the book. It's interpretive of the book, but it's not the book, you know? Um, and I'm not saying, I, I want to be honest, like, very clear about it and honest about it. Like, I actually 100% get it. Like, I get why people are like, wait, what? Um, but it's just, it's not a documentary. So. Did, I mean, Jerry, did Jerry West ever use his MVP trophy as a stress ball? Like, is that not something that I know? Of. Able... <laughs> not that I know of. Those things are heavy. It's yeah. kind of wild how like, how easily that. Yeah, they were just showing his around. athletic ability that he was able to lift that thing and just throw it around so easily. <laughs> like that was that was all part of setting him up as like a former pro. It's very impressive. Yeah, I, I look. I I find myself kind of skeptical sometimes of of the the pushback here for all the reasons you're talking about jeff when it comes to this is a show right like it's the same it's the same kind of thing when people used to call the last dance a documentary it was a commercial right it was it was it, it was right. made by the subject i'm sure if, if jerry west was in charge of all of the directorial decisions you here how boring the show would be if it was like <laughs> if it was everyone involved just wrote their own character there's also a truth which is like even with books like even when i write a book so I'll go interview, let's say I'm doing a book. I do the Shaq Kobe book. Mm -hmm. I talked to Samaki Walker. Well, Samaki Walker has given me his interpretation of events that happened. Mm -hmm. And then if I go talk to Shaq, he's giving me his interpretations of events. And it could be the exact same event and they have two separate interpretations. So is there, I always, it's such a flawed medium, even writing where you're writing, where you're interviewing people and getting it because everyone has their own viewpoints. Everyone has their own viewpoints. Everyone has their own truths. Memory fades the moment it becomes memory and it fades more and more and more. So you're relying on memories that are faded and flawed. You're relying on stories that are told from certain slants. It's there are very few things in this world 
that once they are told in story form, again, I'm not defending anything or denying anyone's criticism. I'm just saying very few things are actually certainties when they're told after they happened. Did you find it interesting? Did you find it interesting at all that uh, there hasn't been the same pushback with Kareem, uh, who (laughs) on camera told the child to fuck off? Well, the thing is, Kareem, in my book too, Kareem actually did tell people to fuck off. Now, I don't know. (laughs) It's like multiple times throughout multiple chapters, he is quoted as telling different autograph seekers to fuck off. This was like apparently a very common children. Yeah, he did. (laughs) The kid from Airplane? Did he? Was he? I don't know. Quoted in the book. I don't know. I can tell you the um, in that scene, the airplane scene, the cockpit is the actual cockpit used in airplane. And the three writers on the set are the three or the three directors were the three directors from the actual movie airplane. Thought that was kind of neat. That's awesome. Oh, that's funny. I see. I never would have even noticed that or realized like, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, I, I just I, I also look because of the amount of time that Harrison and I spent thinking about this stuff. I just found it kind of funny that Jerry West, one of the most kind of pervasive leakers in the NBA, is getting staunch defenses from everybody who is seem to benefit from that relationship. I, 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 I also, he didn't throw an MVP trophy at me. <laughs> I also like, I, I think there's something to it. I, I talked about it on one of uh, my previous shows here and, and like, I understand where I thought it was really interesting. The direction that they went there with West specifically, when he was like, look, we did the star thing. We did just kind of stack stars together and look what I have to show for it. Right. One trophy that I, this MVP trophy that I got in a losing effort that, it, and, and it's one of the most painful memories of my lifetime. I, I actually really enjoyed that direction of it because the Lakers right now, as they're currently constituted, they are a star bleeping roster and they, they will have nothing to show for it. So like to a certain extent, that scene, I, when presented, given the current events, I, I think it really pre- represents West, obviously cartoonishly, but somewhat intelligently here right like the notion of yeah fit matters when you're putting these rosters together i think so i mean i just think ultimately what screenwriters try to do and this just comes from my recent experience of having many conversations with the writers on the show is they're trying to sort of interpret and display and it's not a literal always a literal interpretation it's an interpretation of what the mood what the feeling what people are going through was and then, like Rodney talked about on my podcast, offer what maybe transpired over whatever, a year in a five-minute sort of uh, scene. Mm-hmm. And I think if if you are aware of that and if you are accepting of that, again, it's up to people how they feel about these things. It makes it much more sort of understandable and digestible. Yep. So I would highly recommend that everyone go read your book. And I'm not just saying that because I had you on here. I read it recently just to kind of like so that I could kind of read that and then go into the show kind of having like a basis of knowledge of like, here's how things were portrayed in the book here. Like I can compare it to the show like this will make for great articles and stuff like that. We can kind of, you know, answer some of these questions that the viewers may have based on this knowledge. So like everyone should go read Showtime. Um, But, you know, based on that book, like based on your reporting for that book, I guess like so where out of that are they sort of getting this point just for people that have not read it like 
how was can you kind of give like a brief explainer of sort of like Jerry West, the person, how he was at this time, sort of some of the stuff that's maybe leading to this amped up to 11 portrayal of someone who I think the show is correctly portraying is like deeply tortured uh, in a lot of ways and like very, you know, not necessarily difficult to work with, but sometimes difficult to be around, difficult to talk to, things like that. You just um, I always say there are two guys I've covered. Uh, Jerry West and Billy Bean, uh, the former Oakland A's GM, who do not get who get far more pain from losses than they do joy from wins. Mm. And guys who can't really watch their um, can't watch their team play because it hurts so much. I mean, Jerry West, before he took over as GM, was a coach of the Lakers. He hated coaching. He was miserable coaching. It's very hard to be Jerry West or. I always think of Ted Williams as the manager of the Washington Senators back in the day, who supposedly was a terrible manager because how, if you're Ted Williams, are you teaching some 220 hitter to do anything? And <laughs> Jerry West, you know, Jerry West was a, just a high level guy who had high standards. He was used to very sort of, you know, um, he was just used to very high levels of success and he could not handle people who couldn't reach that level. And he was a really, people love Jerry West, right? They do. And I have to say, I've never had a bad interaction with Jerry West. Um, he's one of the most honest, decent. Also, if you want to talk about great books, his autobiography is fantastic. Yeah. So good and honest. And um, I just think what they were really trying to channel was a guy who like could not enjoy winning. And he would build a team, build a team. They would perform as he wanted them to. And he's immediately thinking of crap. What am I going to have to deal with next? The free agency or tr the draft or whatever. Like he was haunted by this stuff. You know, I, when I interviewed him, I talked to him about, they drafted one year, they used their first round pick on Earl Jones from the university of the district of Columbia. And it was a bust, but it was a late round first round pick. So it, it wasn't a bust bust, but it, it didn't work out. He was freaking horrified by that. Even when I interviewed him probably 25 years after he drafted Earl Jones, he was still very upset with himself for drafting Earl Jones. He just really doesn't let stuff go. So the the in a way, I feel like people are missing the point when they see the portrayal of Jerry West and get mad about it. It's almost like trying to show his rage and rage, meaning is an internal frustration, strife, and strife, and just having to be able to do it in a cinematic manner. And that's probably the way you do it, because you can't you can't show what someone is thinking. You have to actually show yeah. Yeah, that's that's how I took it. Like that scene, like I said, I, I thought it was really enlightening into into Jerry West the person, even though it was cartoonishly portrayed um, in some of those moments. Um, let's move on to like you talked about uh, Jeannie and Linda Rambis and, and the amount of fire that they've been under. I think it's kind of important mostly here. from Anthony. So you're, you're just bear in mind that when you answer <laughs> this question, you're defending them to Anthony. Like this is not nebulous criticism. All right, fair enough. I look. People are saying things. Um, so <laughs> many people. Many people are saying many things. So yeah. uh, Linda and, and, and Jeannie and their relationship and their working relationship and the way that the Lakers operate at the high at the highest level, right? Where you have this inner circle of uh, the Rambi, Jeannie, um, Palinka, their relationship with Clutch, and 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 that's kind of the people who you know come together to to make some. Tim Harris is also in there too. Um, and and I, I think it's important to kind of understand why there's such intense loyalty from Jeannie, despite the amounts of criticism that she's getting uh, about 
uh, Linda Rambis's ambiguous role that like even Lakers employees are saying is kind of weirdly ambiguous. Um, where, what was the starting point there? And why do you think she defends that relationship so ferociously? It's kind of funny, actually. I am, uh, so I, I'm not a Laker fan, to be clear. Like, I didn't grow up a Laker fan. I'm not really a fan of any NBA. I team. wish I wasn't either right now. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> You're a lot. But, but it's, I guess last night wasn't so good. But I, but I think um, <laughs> it's just kind of interesting to me. Like, I grew up a diehard New York Jets fan, okay? Oof. Exactly. <laughs> they have, in my lifetime, I'm almost 50 years old. They've never made a Super Bowl, Okay. Jet fans have every right to be angry and upset and agitated. Right? <laughs> you guys won the freaking NBA title two years ago. You, you can cuss. I saw the pain. You can. <laughs> it is insane. I've never seen anything like this. You won Jeff, the fucking NBA championship two years ago. Jeff, two there years are, ago. They're not, <laughs> they're they're all, not even two years ago, two seasons ago. It becomes yeah. like the pro chat. But like hey, 16 I just have months. to say, there are one-year-old babies that have not watched, one-year-old Laker fans that have not seen their team win a title. This is a long-suffering fan base, okay? Like my, you know, Anthony's toddler. Yeah, my two-year-old barely remembers it. Yeah. You people are insane. You actually, people, I'm going to say it. You people are insane. <laughs> I've never, this is the first time I've said this, but I'm just going to say it again. As a guy who grew up with Rich, the Jets bypassed Dan Marino to draft Ken O'Brien. They bet, bypassed Jerry Rice to draft Al Toon. On and on and on and on, okay? No Super Bowls ever, ever. I grew up a New Jersey Nets fan as a kid. That speaks for itself, all right? New Jersey Nets. Yeah. You have LeBron James playing for your freaking team. Like, and you won a championship less than two years ago. Uh-huh. It's so crazy to me. Now, look. This season has been a freaking abomination. It's one yeah. of the worst examples of team building I've ever seen in my life. Roster building. It's ridiculously bad. It's truly horrifically bad. And it's one of those cases where it's, it's so bad. It's Jets-esque. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it is Jets-esque because the Jets would always bring in these faded veterans and paint them up in Jet uniforms. And then, like, Ronnie Lott was a Jet. And it was like, oh, this is great. And then you're like, oh, this is the 40-year-old Ronnie Lott. Just like this is the 40-year-old Russell Westbrook. Yeah. I just think... Jeannie, this is a little bit of a guess and a little bit of exposure. Linda Rambis is her best friend. They've worked together side by side for decades. They are part of the dynasty Laker years. Like they are, they were there for it. And they feel like they have this connection to it. And they, they have this connective tissue with each other. The one thing I always say about the Lakers, and I don't know if this is, has anything to do with wins or losses is it is not like, it used to be a family, family, family organization. It really was. And like, mm. And I'm not saying, I don't know if they deserve to be let go or not, but like guys like Gary Vitti, guys like John Black, they they would, they would basically had a job for life if you were with the Lakers. And, and it was we. And the players would go up into the front office, like Magic or Shaq or Mike Penberthy, whoever, would go up to the front office and he'd be like, hey, Bob, hey, Jane, hey, Steve, how's the copy machine working? Blah, blah, blah. How are the kids? It had this thing about them, right? And I think um, it doesn't have that anymore, not to the same degree at all. And I also think if we're being honest, like I love LeBron as much as the next guy, as far as watching him as a player, I think he's dynamic and awesome. And he's one of the three best players of all time. No doubt about it. Um, but the impact of a player having that much power and his agency having that much power is corrosive. It is. It mm. just factually is. It's corrosive. It is not, it is an unnatural power dynamic. I'm not saying players shouldn't have more power. They should, they should, and they do, yeah. but it's not really a natural thing to have, a pyramid usually a, a it starts with the owner and there's this pyramid where it goes down and it expands and people the power base is very concentrated on top 
it's unusual to have a power piece in the middle of it, like a player have that level of power over an organization where the organization literally has to check in on him. And the difference between LeBron and Magic, in my opinion, at least, is LeBron is kind of a rented player. Like he's mm. he's not a Laker. He's not, I guess he'll retire his number because he's LeBron, but like he's a Cav. And then he's a member of the Miami Heat. And then he's a Laker. And the amount of power that he's gotten and bringing in some of his guys, I don't think it's very, I don't think it's very helpful for a team that wants to win. And so you, you kind of, I, I, my, my I, counterpoint to that would be, I don't know if they would have gotten him had they not done that. And then we're having a very different conversation about, you know, this organization and how recently they've won a title and things like that. But yes, like, I mean, your point is taken about, but I, I, I don't think you're going to get either of us to push back on that. That is not a natural relationship yeah, like, and dynamic where no one really knows who is most in charge and everyone involved is sort of trying to, you know, we've seen it throughout leaks all throughout the course of this year. You know, if you just listen to the leaks, you'd believe no one on this team wanted to trade for Russell Westbrook. It was just like, it just happened. He, <laughs> he appeared just showed up on the roster out of thin air. You know, no one made the decision to make that trade. And like, you, you know, seen coups? having, <laughs> having like a player and their agency with that much power does lead to dynamics like that and things like that. So I'm not pushing back on that, but yeah, I, I the, the only put minor pushback that I have to that is just like we're having a different conversation about this ownership group and their level of success had they not been willing to green light something like that this is sort of the, the the bargain that you make I think I just think it's amazing I mean seriously I've lived in Southern California for seven years right and it's always been like man Southern California fans are very laid back and fairly indifferent like Dodger games you go to a Dodger game you know show up late leave early Rams games the opposing team has more fans than the Rams even the Lakers like up until and then this year hit and it's like holy shit like people are really angry about this year and really frustrated by this year and it feels like again like as a guy who grew up with the Jets like the Jets had a Russell Westbrook every year they really did they had <laughs> yeah. a Russell Westbrook every year <laughs> and like you would think Russell Westbrook is taking a shit in everyone's house every Laker fan's house is going to your house taking a shit and not flushing the toilet like I've never seen enough about Anthony's tweets though. <laughs> yeah. Right. Fair. I just think it's crazy. I just think it's crazy. I well, think. I, I think, I think it's, it's because of the departure from like that family feel. There is no Laker guy. There is no Kobe. There is no magic. There is no like Laker lifer on this roster. So when you have a bunch of mercenaries that people don't particularly care about on that level and they underperform and they don't seem to really care about their underperformance, like just publicly, there isn't real any, any real fire after Even last night, they're like, eh, you know, we're, yeah, we're man, still that trying sucked. to figure it we'll out. We'll figure it like, out. Yeah. It'll be fine by the point. I know, but yeah. the thing is, they're not that good of a team. Yeah. Like, no. I, almost, wait, I almost feel like in a way, from just from the Laker fans I know and what I hear, the one thing that's missing in fans, like, like, they're just not that good. Like, they're not well-constructed. This is not a team that has any shot of winning an NBA championship this year. So people who are like, like, I love how after they, uh, after they beat Golden State, there's like, was this a spark they needed? No. no new season it's starts now jeff <laughs> this was a win against a team that's struggling like that's it without like, it was so ridiculous without draymond and just struggling in general like it's just preposterous like they're not a good team they're just not they have good pieces some good pieces as i've said many times laker fans are way too excited about austin reeves like if that's your excitement, <laughs> how how dare you, you? how <laughs> you're talking about first team all rookie mirror fader bump austin reeves yeah. you know like yeah that's a good point <laughs> um no but, but really quickly though before before we get you out of here the the the, the, the starting point of linda and genie and their relationship has to do with 
the tennis team or the tennis league that they that they ran together, right? Yeah. Um, was there was there anything before that? Like, was how did how did that really come in, in into play? You're asking me to test my memory on a book I wrote 14 years ago. I mean, I, I <laughs> and I, that you know, I just read, so I will fact check you on. I'm, yeah, but, I'm ready to correct you on your own reporting. It all started with the time uh, Jerry West snapped <laughs> the driver and threw it. At me. <laughs> um, I mean, we I actually just, both I got knocked over by a flying MVP trophy and just have been friends ever since. They bonded exactly. over the mo, yeah, over the welts in their head. Um, no, I mean they worked together. You know, Jerry didn't. Obviously, Jeannie wanted to be very involved, and Jerry didn't want her to be very involved at first, and <laughs> gave her the world team tennis situ uh, team, which doesn't exist anymore. And she was very impressive, and that kind of formed her bond with Linda. Um, you know, I the thing is, like, I'm I'm being serious. Like, I've been with them together many times, and like, they really are. They really do have a sister thing to them. Like, mm -hmm. they really do. They have a sister thing to them. They. The idea of like Jeannie firing Linda seems implausible. Yeah. And I, I'm not even, I'm not saying that like she should. I'm just saying it seems implausible. It'd be like firing a sibling and they just have a real trust. Which she's done. That is well, true. Well, but that was a sibling she didn't like. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> we're talking about siblings she likes. And um, I mean, I know like, I, in a way I feel like Linda, maybe I'm wrong though. I kind of feel like Linda has become the like, and Kurt Rambis obviously, have kind of become the frustrated Laker fans, like reasons this, none of this is working out, you know, and like why this has been so awful and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And maybe it's fair. Maybe it's not. It seems a little simple. I just, I, I, the more I read about clutch and the more I just see LeBron's imprint on personnel, I would never, I don't really, I don't really like seeing owners surrender that much power in personnel to players you know like one thing about the old lakers if you look at the sort of pecking order jerry bus was on top jerry west had the personnel say and mm -hmm. period and there was one time when jerry bus um went around jerry, jerry west went around uh, went behind his back and agreed to a trade with dallas to trade james worthy for mark aguire and jerry west said if you pull off this trade i will quit like that is how defined the power dynamic was it was jerry west was in charge of personnel but and wasn't you, if i'm remembering correctly wasn't magic also sort of pushing for that trade so i like, was in favor of it because yeah. was buddy but um but jerry west was like do this and i quit and i feel like you need that kind of power structure when it comes to uh personnel and your roster and they do not have that they clearly don't have that and i don't know it's like making a deal with no, no argument there <laughs> i would have i would have invented twitter to get angry about that trade James yeah. Worthy for Mark Mark Aguirre. You know, you would have become a billionaire though. like just because you were so mad he about wasn't that James trade. Worthy. You would have invented social media like twenty years. Too early. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. infant infant me would have just been <laughs> hammering away at some keys that still they didn't exist. I would have just been livid. Um, Jeff, well, thank you very much for hopping on with us. I, we, we've taken up too much of your time already. Um, the book is called Showtime, and it documents everything that you guys are watching in on Winning Time. I can't wait to see where the series goes. Uh, I know that they're talking about potentially, you know, making a series out of, out of your three ring circus book, um, which is about Kobe and Shaq, which is also fantastic. Uh, thank you very much for your time, given how busy I know that you, you are congratulations on all the success and, and best of luck for, for everything moving forward. I just want you to know, this is the first show I've ever done where 10 minutes beforehand, my dog vomited peanut butter all over my hand. So <laughs> it's been a special appearance and my, I still smell the peanut butter coming off of my oh. hand.
Like, you know, I, I never would have known, honestly. Yeah, like, if you, like, you know, you if you hadn't have told us before, you got through exactly like you don't have peanut butter vomit on your hand. So, I there it yeah. Is. Yeah. All right, I mean, look, that's why they pay you the big bucks and why you're like, you know, big episode one guest star in Hollywood now. It's just that level of acting ability focused on the task. Mm -hmm. It's really true. It is true. <laughs> All right. Talk thank you so much. Soon, All right, thank bye. you. If you've enjoyed this conversation with Harrison and Jeff and myself, uh, Harrison and I are actually, we recorded a second part of it in which he and I react to some of what Jeff said and relate it to the current state of the Lakers. Again, that is part two on this same podcast feed. It's probably right below the episode that you just listened to. 